BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tribune Audio Network. And now, The Score. Upcoming Friday night football matchups and breakdowns from the previous week. Here's what's happening in the Quad Cities high school sports scene. Welcome to your score podcast week three of the high school football season, the Illinois edition. It's a Monday night here at WQAD in our podcasting studio. Brian Stocking, Corey Cuffler alongside Matt Randazzo. Boys, happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. I'm wondering where Greg is. This is the uh, second podcast in a row, second week in a row. Greg has not been here. These, on this podcast, because he'll yeah, say he, the reaction podcast. He's done the reactions. There. But. Yeah, well, he's very reactionary at times. But. He, he, he can be, he can be a, an he opinionated, fiery yep. guy. But um, we miss Greg. Hopefully he's back next week. Um, Daddy du- hooky. Daddy duties call. So we understand that 100%. So um, week two of the high school football season's in the books. We move on to week three. And I think this is kind of the week we, we are looking forward to in Illinois because we've talked so much about the new look Western Big Six and adding two teams and Sterling and Geneseo coming on board. And this is the first week where there's conference games in the Western Big Six. And you look at that rundown, and there's a lot of good matchups. And, and all those thoughts of, of teams and cool matchups are now coming to fruition this week of the high school football season. I'm really excited for it, uh, and what better way to start off uh, the Western Big Six with one of the longest-running rivalries with Moline Rock Island. Yeah. Uh, Sterling obviously gets to play their first game in the Big Six. Geneseo gets to play their first game in the Big Six. Some excitement here. I- I'm really excited to get the Western Big Six season kicked off. I'm looking not only at the Western Big Six, which is going to be awesome, but you also look at the Three Rivers Conference. They start their... We're talking Big Six right but, now. We'll but get there. Lincoln Trail, they start off awesome. Northwest Upstate Illini. So... Not just the Western Big Six. We've got a lot of schools starting, and it's rivalry week. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun stuff this week. We'll we'll stick with the Western Big Six stockpile, we'll get, one, one uh, baby yeah, steps, one at a time. And and I know the newness is there, and 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 we'll talk about Sterling and Geneseo in a second. But Cuff, you mentioned it. Anytime you talk about Moline and Rock Island, that's where you have to start one of the longest running rivalries in the entire state of Illinois, and two teams that come in one and one on the season, but both teams playing really good football. I was I was. Very impressed with what I saw with Rock Island last week. And, and we know they have speed. We know they're going to score. Davian Wilson comes back and, and plays really well after sitting a game. But it's the defense that, that really impressed me. They gave up 14 points. So I got there, and it was 7-6 maybe. I think they got down 14-6. Um, to six. They came back and scored, ended up taking the lead while I was there. And I thought this thing was going to go back and forth all night. It doesn't do that, and they end up beating a very good Metamora program and a very good Metamora football team, 35-14. to 14. Impressive defensively. The offense is always going to be there. But Rock Island's playing really good football right now. They're, they're a, a couple plays away from being, maybe one play away from being 2-0 in the season. And then we all know about Moline and what they've done, especially in the conference. They got the long win streak. It's a fun matchup to talk about and to get ready for on Friday night. Well, first of all, let me say uh, hello to... 
Ben Hammer, because we know he's listening. So. He did a great job on Friday oh, night. Oh, Friday night was fantastic. He did a very good job. And he mentioned the podcast before I could yeah. mention the podcast to him, so he out-podcasted me. So. I didn't like that. So <laughs> when we talk to him next time, I'm going to podcast him first. <laughs> That makes any sense whatsoever. You're, you're so that could be the opening question. He takes the podcast and he lies to his kids about it to motivate them. Well, whatever it takes. Hey, whatever, whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever but, works. But as far as Rock Island goes, like you said, they are one win away from being 2-0. and yeah. That first week against Bradley Bourbonnet, their defense did not play well. There's no bones about it. There's no looking at it any other way. Their defense did not play well. Offense still scored points. Yeah. And after that game, Coach Hammer even said, he's like, we can score with anybody. Can we stop anybody? Well, in week two, whatever happened from week one to week two, defensively, they figured it out, and they got it done. They also got Davion Wilson back, and that didn't, that didn't hurt them too no, much either. He scored four touchdowns for them. So a big win for Rock Island in week two against Metamora. And as, as you get ready for this rivalry against Moline, there's families that may not talk yes. to one another this week. There's cousins maybe on each team. There's people whose parents may have gone to Rock Island who moved to Moline or vice versa or, or whatever. You have coaches both ways that have gone to one school or the other. Yeah. This is a fun week just for all those little mini storylines within. And for these players to be a part of it, they realize how special it is. I mean, it's it's at Moline, it's at Browning Field, which which makes it fun for me being a Moline guy that yeah. makes, it, makes it fun. But then just the game itself, the atmosphere, everything that surrounds it, it's going to be a fun Friday night over at Browning Field. Absolutely. And also, this is historic. This is the earliest they've ever met on the calendar, September 13th. Uh, the earliest before that was September 14th, about 20 years ago. And that was the game where it got uh, maybe 15 years ago where they, they were supposed to play. There was a lightning. Uh, there was a light at the state at Bryan Field that didn't work. That blew out a transfer yeah, blower. Yeah, transfer I, I do remember that. They had to and play they on Saturday, Saturday and yeah. Jason Rita played in a soccer game that morning and then kicked field goals and extra points that night. Man, that's that how long ago that was. I remember that. That's probably more than 15 years ago. Well, he was about a 2003 grad. Yeah, yeah so, so about 16, okay, 17. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, but yeah, this, so but you guys are old. <laughs> I remember it too. But this brings up a lot of the storylines, you know, stories from yesteryear. Yesteryear. You know, that you get in these, uh, that you get in a rivalry that stood, Gramp- that's gone on for Grandpa three Stocking, centuries. tell me a story from yesteryear. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now. Uh, no, um, but you look at uh, in the here and now. The thing with Rocky last week against Manamora, their defense forced four turnovers, and they out physicaled, out muscled Manamora. You look at how many yards rushing they gained. They four, gained 418 yards rushing. They outrushed them by over 200 yards. That is not just speed of your running backs, that's the guys up front in the trenches doing the, doing the hard work. Yeah, and they had, those to, lanes. they had to replace some guys from last year, and they're younger up front, but Coach Hamrell, you can tell he likes what he's got up front. They're doing a good job. And, and the, the thing is with that line, if you get a hole for these guys, they're going to turn normal five, six, seven-yard runs into what well, we saw a 78-yarder on, on, on the score, and we saw a 51-yard on the score because they're so fast. Ja'Kai Hill is, is lightning quick. Davion Wilson is really fast. Rogers. And then look at this. Yeah, exactly. And then you look at this this matchup and this this game, and then you got a Bubakar Barry on the other side. And give me the other running back for Moline. Ryan, Caden uh, Dreifer. Caden Dreifer. So, I mean, the, the running games themselves are impressive. That's the undercard, and, actually. And, and that's the, but then you look at maybe what where this game is won or lost is a quarterback. And Rock Island's still kind of playing both guys, still really good players. Eli Reese and Devin Smith, Devin Swift, 
And then you look at Moline and Zidane, 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 Sterling. Zidane Sterling. He's been good and, and almost underrated, it but seems like, because ha- of so many weapons they have more. on the ground. I think he needs to throw more because it's hard to throw more when the running backs are ripping yeah, off. But the so thing, though, is, is they become, I think, in, uh, like in the game against Lyle Bennett, they became almost too one-dimensional. I mean, you look. But at is that because Lyle Bennett takes something away, or, or what? I mean, I understand what you're saying. I think they need to be a little bit more diversified. Not well, much more, but a little bit more. Game game one, their first two touchdowns were throwing touchdowns, yeah. and then they went to the ground after that. So I, I, they can do it. They can pull it out when they need to, and, and do it that. I was going to say the team that wins this game will be the team I think that does throw the ball a little bit more, yeah. only because. You need to keep that defense all, uh, honest. You can't stack 10 in the box or 9 in the box and, and try to play man coverage on the outside or whatever and not expect either Zidane or one of the Rock Island guys to, to throw down the field and maybe beat you that way. You know how good this run game is from both teams. The team that throws the ball just a little bit better than the other, I think, will win this game. I love the I coaching matchup because both of these dudes eat, sleep, and drink football. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's their livelihood. It's what they do. Mike Morrissey and Ben Hammer, I think both guys are just, I mean, this is what they live for, and they're going to have their guys ready. That place is going to be packed. Um, we're going to talk to one of them live, hopefully, on the score. Talk back uh, coming up on the score, whoever wins the game. And like you, whoever wins this game gives themselves a huge push forward when it comes to the race in the Western Big Six. Obviously, there's lots of games left to be played, but this is a big matchup between two teams that have played well early this season. It's going to be fun to watch it at Browning Field. It's going to be fun to be part of, fun to cover, and it's what high school football is all about, especially in this area. Moline has 10 straight. Western Big Six wins. How much does that affect anything? Do these kids... I don't think it matters. Honestly, I... I, I think it does a little bit. I don't know. Into the microphone. Honestly, I, when I went to Moline for the preview, they knew that they had lost in the second round, okay? That they wanted to get better than that. I don't think any they of the kids... didn't say, hey, we need to keep the streak we going. Didn't, we didn't, they didn't talk about the streak. And, and maybe, maybe Morrissey or some of the coaches mentioned it this week. I, I highly doubt it, though. I really yeah. doubt that they're focused on winning this one game if they continue to win... It's the cliche, win one game at a time, and, and the streak continues. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a, a huge factor by any stretch of imagination. We'll talk about it. The paper will talk well, we about have to, it. Right? I mean, that's, that's our jobs, but I don't think the players themselves. But I can see on the other side of it, Rock Island, I don't think they look at the number of it, but bottom line is Moline is the hunted now. I mean, yeah. they've, they're the two-time defending conference champions. They've won, they've won 10 straight games in the conference, and, and everyone knows that. And they know it, but everybody else knows that. And they've gone, which is crazy because you think a decade ago, and it was everyone chasing Rock Island. Rock Island, yeah. And so they've kind of switched, which is interesting to see. But boy, there's <laughs> looking at this matchup, and I thought it was going to be good before the season, but I've got to see Rock Island twice this year. And they've really impressed me. And I know all about Moline. And I went from a, a, a good matchup to start the season when, I, when we looked at week three to, boy, this could be a dandy. Well, you look at, like, you know, they maybe don't know the number 10. But like Abubakar Barry, who came up as a sophomore. He's never lost in the He's Big Six. He's never yeah. lost in the Western Big Six. He knows that. I've never lost a Western Big Six game. I don't want to start now as a senior. Oh, I thought you were saying you yourself. No, 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 <laughs> no. no. As a referee, he's never lost a Western yeah. Big Six yeah. game. And, <laughs> and uh, there's some coaches that probably say that you've lost a Western Big Six game and, for them. And for Moline, the last time they had a three-game win streak in this series was 2005 to 2007. With a win they would have that first three-game win streak since then. What, what years are those? Is that Bennett, Bennett Wells and company? Well, what did you say? 2005 to 2007. 
Yeah, that, that might have been, yeah. that, that that been, that been Wells uh, or, Joel Reiser would have been yeah, the coach at yeah, that yeah. time. Yeah, no, good, good, good football teams. Really good football teams. So, um, okay, yeah, the sa- stage is set. Um, seven thirty ish, probably seven thirty ish, whatever. It's Friday night, seven o'clock kick, but we'll, Rock uh, Island versus Moline. Seven thirty kick, yeah. Rock Island versus Moline Browning Field will have full coverage for you on the score, and of course, hopefully, talk to the winning head coach live on Score Talk Back as well, which has been a nice addition to to the show. I'm um, going with Moline to win this game. 31-24. I'm not making a pick. I'm not making a pick. I know either. both these dudes want <laughs> to listen the, to the, the podcast. The, the team that word. scores the most points will win. How about <laughs> yeah. that? What did you say the score? 31-24 Moline. Okay. That'd be a good game. Um, <clears throat> ben Hammer, that's Brian <laughs> Stocking. I can get you his number. I can get you his email, all that good He's stuff. He's on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, other games in the Western Big Six. Alleman goes to Sterling. It's a it's a conference first for those two, but it's not the first time. They, they've been playing three straight years. This will be maybe fourth year straight year that they've played each other. Um, Sterling's kind of dominated the series. They have dominated the series. Alleman now 0-2 in the season. They went on the road, gave a great effort against uh, Quincy Notre Dame, led that game, I want to say 17-7 Yeah, they at one 17-7, point. I think, and even into the third quarter. And, and then, then they end up losing that 21-17. to, to 17. So I think... Fourth quarter, they came undone. Yeah, I think you can see some some good things happening in Alleman. I think they've took taken some steps forward after getting blown out in their opener. They, <clears throat> they still have work to do. And, of course, Sterling... I walk into the newsroom the other night, and Sterling and um, Stockpile's like, Sterling's going to get upset. And I'm like, what's the score? And he's like, 14-7. I go, what's the score? And he goes, early second. I yeah, go, they're not going quarter. to get upset. <laughs> I, said, upset <laughs> I said, upset lights were going on. Yeah, well, uh, they weren't. And they so, weren't. and you were there, Corey. Yeah. Sterling's been impressive all season, and, and they, they've, they've looked the role of a state-ranked team that, that's a really good football team. Yeah, they, they're really good. I, I'm going to tell you, when I, drove, when I drove past the stadium, Roscoe Weeds, uh, to pull up there, I saw it was 7 nothing. Peking. I was like, all right, what's going on here? And as I walk in, Sterling scored, and then uh, Pekin came right back and scored. So I think it was one of those things where maybe Sterling was just trying to get their feet under him a little bit and just kind of getting – maybe Pekin was doing something that they hadn't prepared for, which can happen. Um, but once Sterling figured it out, there was, I don't think there was ever a doubt in my mind and in, in Coach Schlemmer's mind or in anybody's mind at that stadium that was a Sterling fan that the Golden Warriors were not going to win that game. There yeah. was never a doubt that they were going to win that game. They looked pretty impressive. They got a pretty good ground attack, too. And I know we heard about Cooper Willman in week one. That kid's the real deal, yeah. man. I mean, and I know they've had some really good quarterbacks there, but he is the real deal. He's, he's hard-nosed. He's physical when he runs the ball, and he can drop back and throw a, a really good spiral, really good pass on the money and deliver it right on time. Last three meetings. Last three meetings. Just pull the microphone down so you can look at your – there you go. Yeah, just yank it wherever you want it. Last, <laughs> last three meetings, Sterling has outscored Allman 147-21, to 21, which is amazing. You look at Cooper Wellman, even more amazing. 194 yards passing last week with a touchdown, 127 yards rushing with a touchdown. Second straight week. Second straight <laughs> week that he has had 124 yards go? passing or more. <laughs> Second straight week he has had 95 yards rushing or more. I had to look at my chicken <laughs> scratch. That's why I was bent down. Um, Ja'Shawn Howard, second straight week of 84 yards or more rushing. Five rushing touchdowns on the season. 80, 80 or more. 80 I get it. It's been 84 or more. 80, I get yeah, it. But. 80 or more. But yeah, they've got some weapons. It's, what's going to be interesting to me in this matchup is we know how big Sterling is. Can Allman yeah. match that physicality? I, I don't know if they can. I mean, Assumption kind of threw him around pretty good in that first week. Uh, obviously, things happened in the fourth quarter in week two. But 
that's going to be something to pay attention to because that, that line's so big, they're going to wear them out, I think. And it's the middle of a tough stretch for Alleman, and we talked about that at the start of the season. They still get, I think they get Moline. Moline's next week. Next week, and then Rock and then Island Geneseo. the week after. Or then Geneseo. Then Geneseo. So it's a tough first five games, heck, tough schedule for Alleman. We'll see if their their progression can continue, and obviously a tough task because Sterling's one of the best teams in the entire state of Illinois. So um, another good game in the Western Big Six, Geneseo and Galesburg. This isn't a new, the same thing as Alleman and, and, and Sterling. These two teams have met. They met last year. This time it's a conference game. Geneseo down on the road at Galesburg. That's where they played last year. I believe Galesburg won 28 nothing. I thought sh- Geneseo, Geneseo won. won that. Yeah, Geneseo yeah, yeah, Geneseo won that twenty-eight nothing last year. Yeah. Um, congratulations, to Galesburg got on the uh, in the win column, got a victory on Saturday down in Centralia. Geneseo has been impressive first two weeks. They won again last week in week two, so they're now two and zero on the season. So Geneseo's got some nice momentum going into conference play. Galesburg's got some good momentum going into conference play as well. Both, both team, both fans bases and coaches are going to be feeling pretty good about going into this game. If you're Galesburg, last week against Centralia. They forced five turnovers and only allowed 161 yards total offense. Genesio, this looked like the green machine that we grew up watching as kids. 390 yards rushing, only allowed 42. P.J. Mosier had 156 yards. Kyle Ho for three touchdown runs. Just 41-0 Genesio in a, in a breeze for the green machine. Both coaches and fan bases have to be very pleased with the way their team stu- came up in Week 2 and stood out. No surprise here that Geneseo won this game in Week 2 as big as they did. After Week 1, we knew we knew Chicago Street Noble was pretty good, and despite the rain, it, it was a relatively close game and things to clean up. Geneseo cleaned that stuff up in Week 2 with that big win, and this is now another chance for them to get better as a team, to improve to 3 and I think this is a game they can go down and win. Nothing against Galesburg, but I don't, I don't know if they have the physicality that Geneseo has right now, that confidence, swagger that Geneseo has right now. I mean, I know they, they beat Centralia, and, and obviously defense did a good job, but if, they, if Galesburg wants to win this game, you better do it up front because Geneseo is just going to come running the ball at you, and you know what's coming. You just got to stop it. And they got to force the turnovers like they did last right. week against Centralia. Geneseo has a home date with Sterling in week four. So they don't want to get caught looking ahead. I think Galesburg's playing better football, as we saw last week. But that's a big matchup between two 3-0 and teams and possibly waiting. And an old rivalry of old conference rivals playing in a new conference in Week 4. But both teams, of course, have to get the job done this week. Galesburg will have something to say about that. Alleman might have something to say about that as well. One last stop in the Western Big Six. Congratulations to Nick Welch and the United Township Panthers going on the road last week and beating East Peoria handily. I mean, they blew out East Peoria. Um, congratulations to the Panthers. They have plenty of momentum now as they open up Western Big Six play. They get Quincy at home at the Soul Bowl. Excited to see where United Township's gone and the strides they've made the first two weeks. Tough text in Quincy. I think Quincy, anybody wondering if Quincy was going to be bad now because Jarrell Brock is gone? They're a pretty good football yeah, team. They too. lost to Alton 22-12, to and Alton got pretty well handled by Moline. 22-12. So, you know, you're, you're wondering yeah. where, you know, where, where that, which Quincy team is it? The one that destroyed North Lawndale? Which North Lawndale, is that a, uh, what, is that, that's, that's a, a Chicago, Chicago school. Chicago okay. or, or, or is it the one that came up against Alton? I can tell you, though, Alton is, Alton is a good football team. Yeah. I know Moline beat them pretty good, but Alton's a very, they're, they're a playoff they're very, team from they're very fast they're, they're a good football team. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the playoffs again this year. So that loss doesn't bother me as much. 
the thing that's going to be interesting is this is UT's home opener for Nick Welch. Lots of excitement. You know, they beat, I mean, they didn't just beat East Peoria. They took them behind the woodshed. Oh, there there it is. Yeah. And, 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 and throttled them. And it was all parts of the game, all facets of the game. So I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of Panther fans flocking to the Soul Bowl. Lots of excitement could be there. I think UT's got more than a puncher's chance to win this game. I, I, I'm curious to see how they handle the emotions. You know, with, with Coach Welch, obviously he's going to be fired up. It's his first time having a team play in the Soul Bowl this year. They've been close. They're, they're one play away, like we said with Rock Island, of being 2-0. I mean, a 1914 loss in Week 1 to Davenport West, they, they had that game in hand and, and let it get away late. I mean, maybe that's just a case of not knowing how to win. But after you get a win like you, you do in uh, Week 2, 40-14 uh, over East Peoria, this team, I don't know if they have a puncher's chance to win. I mean, they've got to do some things right. They can't make mistakes to win this game. Is, is it winnable? Yes. But Quincy's not as easy as everybody thinks. They're still a pretty good football team. But I, I'm, I'm excited for Coach Welch to get that first win and see what he can do when with his home opener. When people hear whining, like little... That's stocking. That's stocking he with has his mouth open wanting to say something, <laughs> and he's just waiting for you to shut up so he can say it. Go ahead, Stock. UT ran for 329 yards last week against East Peoria. Quincy's run defense traditionally the last few years has not been as stout, that stout. That's why I say UT's got Very more true. than a puncher's chance. Very true. I just really enjoy Especially watching. Especially if the fans come out and beat the 12th stock. Don't throw your index cards at him. No, he's just Jeez, going crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued with the maturation and where this program goes this year. That's a big one. I know you like Very that. Very good. Oh, man, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because I, I think it's going in the right direction, and it's just intriguing to me to see how quickly it goes and how people measure it because it's not going to always be measured by wins and losses. Week one would frustrate a lot of people, but they're in a football game and they were down to the very wire against Davenport West, and then they go on the road and, and, and beat up a team that good teams beat up on. I mean, East Peoria has been a struggling program for years, and they went down and, and, and beat up on a team. They didn't just go down there and beat East Peoria. They went down there, and as, as Sackpile said, they... Took him behind the woodshed. Exactly. So um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that United Township program um, develops this year and develops next year and into the future. I think Nick Welch is doing a great job, and we'll see how we can do. Friday night at the Soul Bowl, United Township and Quincy. Let's go to the Three Rivers where it's been, it's been crazy the first couple <laughs> weeks. And I don't want to recap as much week two because we need to move forward to week three, and that's why we did the instant score and the instant reacts podcast. But... Boy, you look at like a team like Monmouth Roseville, who's 0-2 in the season. They've lost two games by a combined three points. You look at Rock Ridge, who after two quarters of the season was losing to their arch rival 30-8. to Since the next six quarters, they're now 2-0 in the season with victories over their arch rival and then against Monmouth Roseville. Heck, you look at something like Sherrard in the opposite stretch of that. Boy, they were sitting here loving life after half of, uh, the first right. half of football. They go to Morrison, who's a really good football team, and, 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 and they get beat up next last week. Orion's winning games at the very end. Chip Filler's showing Cardinal stuff when he's a Cub fan. Such a great it's guy. just a weird, weird <laughs> like everything. Up in, uh, Kiwani's uh, maybe a couple plays away from being 2-0. Yeah, right. Princeton almost knocks off Newman, and Newman comes back. Same it's just for been Riverdale. A, it's I mean. been a really fun, fun season, and now they get into their divisions. Now they start going head-to-head -head in their divisions, and we'll start in the Rock division. We're going to start with Orion and Rock Ridge, and we kind of joked with Chip Filler last week when we had him live on the score and said, boy, you you guys are just, both teams are barely winning football games. This is a game 
people are going to want to be at late, and he kind of just chuckled because, I mean, that's the way this game, it just seems like it's going to go down to the wire, and whichever team makes plays late is going to win. Speaking of rivalries, man, this is another good right? one. I mean, I had, we had the Rock Ridge kids in on uh, the score Sunday, and that's all they could talk about. I was like, yeah, this is, this is our biggest rival. This is a huge game. This is a huge game. So they're already amped up for it. They, didn't even, they haven't even started practice for the week yet, but they know how big of a game this is. This easily could have been a game featuring two 0-2 teams, no doubt about it. But to have two 2-0 teams, uh, Orion has – and Chip will admit to this. They've squeaked a couple games out. They were down in that game to Kiwani and came back to win it in the final 17 seconds. They've got some good pieces. They're making strides. We figured out that Youngworth is a pretty good quarterback. The kid can lead a team. Which, by the way, I called him Youngworth for half the highlights. And, and like I was supposed to, And then I called him Youngworth yeah, at the end. That's okay. I was like, ah, oh, I was so close. I talked to Dad. Plus, yeah, his dad is the, <laughs> is the baseball coach. We should know this kind of stuff, but... But, but but he's one of our score standouts this week, obviously yeah. for the, for the efforts that he had on the football field this week. So that they're a team that has again a lot of weapons, and you wondered what were yeah. they going to have? They've got the weapons to do it. Now can Rock Ridge handle those weapons? Because they were down, like you mentioned, week one. They didn't know what to do. They were down and made made a quarterback change. All things went went well. Nico Zar- Zarlatanis. It's Tannis, I, re- I realize this now. Um, I he, talked to Nick Bull the next day. Did you? Yeah, we were at a party together. And he told us... I we get together. I don't want to act like we're all big parties. We were, uh, we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I just, well, the I, best part is you called I Nick. I called him Nick. And then I was like, oh, I thought it was... Yeah. So I told him, like, I said, I, I, all I know is that I gave sh- Bully a shout-out on the air. Right. <laughs> That's all I cared about. Like, but this this is going to be a fun game. I mean, over, yeah. at, over in Orion, this is, the, the place is going to be packed. This is going to be a fun game. Orion had 80, ran 80 plays against Kiwani, and Kiwani only ran 42. So they were able to wear down the Boilermakers. If they can do that, if they can have that same sort of ratio or even close to that against Rockridge, I think they wear Rockridge down. But do you know why these teams are winning games? It's because they're successful programs that have been around success. And these kids, these kids have watched it. They've watched their teams win in, in big games, and they know what it's like. They've, and so now these kids are doing it. They, they have their chance to, and it's a winning culture that both programs have. It's no surprise that each team's winning. I loved when Chip Filler said he's just going to go ahead and win every game as ugly as they possibly can. It's a new thing this year. And it doesn't matter. He's like, An I, ugly win or a clean win doesn't matter as long as you win. And Ryan Parchett even said it. He goes, we've had a lot of young guys waiting for their chance to yeah. step on the field and do it. And now they're getting their chance, and they're proving that they can do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, also in the Rock, uh, two teams that are – I, I see Riverdale down here, and I almost, I almost chuckle because thank you, Guy Derricks. That was the best oh, – that, that might be the best, that might be the best, th- best video we've amazing. had on the score ever. But Guy Derricks shaves his head, and uh, Mohawk, I think. Whatever. I mean, there was shaving going on. It was on. a mohawk, yeah. yeah. And it, it motivates his team. They go out and win 35-14. to 14. Morrison is now 2-0. They hammered Sherrard. Oh, my So God. now it's Morrison and Riverdale with a lot. This is a really fun, good matchup in week two of the high school football season. You look at what Morrison did to Sherrard. 280-40 to 40 in the first half in yards. In yards? In yards. They had 11 tackles for loss, nine in the first half, seven in the first quarter. Sherrard scored the first touchdown and, and then gave up the next 54 points. And it was like 40 to 6 at halftime. Riverdale, very close to being 2-0. They, they had the lead on Kiwani in the fourth quarter, gave it up. Questions about can they, do they know how to win, you know, sort of like UT. Then they play Erie Prophetstown home, 14-7, facing some adversity. You know, coach has got his head shaved and all that. And they dominate them. 21-7 from that point out, 
win the game 35-14. This is a rivalry game. Both schools do not like each other in multiple sports, and it, it's been that way for since I was in school if, 30 if, years ago. If Riverdale wins this, you're a Riverdale alum. Yes. Like, in order to get them to win it, would you be willing to go to Riverdale and shave your head? Not a chance. Come on. Don't I've mean? had this hair for 44 years. It's well, staying. It's starting to fall out. It's okay. <laughs> well, no. I, I, I want it to go. If it's going to go, it's going to go with a fight and naturally not. Um, but think about this. Would you do it for the Davenport schools? No. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Well, More listen to the Iowa podcast, it, it everybody. We'll see. We're going to ask them then, too. It does R- not surprise me that Morrison's 2-0. Yeah. Not at all. After, after you brought t- up a good point on the score about like their, their track team's been really good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Some got of got those some dudes out there, they're, they're fast. They're so fast. Don't let them get in open space because you're not, you're not going to catch them. One other game in the rack that we'll, well talk can about. Can I finish quick. with Riverdale? I've no. got an interesting stat. <laughs> no. Riverdale. Am I going to stop you? I like how you ask the question as if I'm going to stop you. Riverdale is 0 and 5 when trying to win three sta- straight in the series. They've won two straight. They've never won three straight. They've had five chances, 0 and 5. That's an amazing stat. That's <laughs> it is. stockpile that's stockpile. gold. Pool's gold? No, that's not pool's gold. <laughs> that's actual uh, guaranteed 24 carats. One other game for you. Uh, Fulton gets back in the win column last week. I, I know they struggled in week one. They looked a lot better in week two. They got the job done. They now host Bureau Valley in an interesting week two game, or week three game. Ethan Rash, big game for Fulton, three touchdowns. St. Bede was driving late to try and tie the game. Fulton was able to make a goal line stand, turn the way. Bureau Valley was real close for a while and against Hall, and then second half, Hall just hit the accelerator, and, and, was, and it was Katie barred the door. Um, Fulton's won the last eight meetings in the series. A good win for Fulton here, obviously. They needed to get back on... Uh on the, in that win column for them, so good win for them. And uh, facing an zero and two team, Bureau Valley, this might be another win for them. Hop across to the uh, Three Rivers, Mississippi. What's the crossover game? Help me out here, guys. Um, it's Newman Kiwani. Newman Kiwani. So th- that is the crossover game. Hats off to Newman. I mean, that's what champions do. Down twenty-one to ten at the half, they come back and outscore Princeton fourteen nothing in the second half. Fifteen nothing in the second half. Win twenty-five to twenty-one. Um, Cuff, you were there for some of it. Was Celia? Celia was there. Celia yeah, was there for Clinton. some of it, and um, obviously an impressive. I mean, they're they're the they're the the defending conference champions for a reason, and they proved it on Saturday night. When was the last time Newman had more passing yards than rushing yards? I'm going to say had, never. I'm going to say Saturday. Uh, <laughs> that was before, oh, before that, Saturday. Yeah, before Saturday. That, never. They had 77 rushing yards. Jacob Ackerman threw for 81 yards. So they only had 157 total yards in the game? Uh, yeah. Their defense played well in the wow. second half. Yeah. Their defense, defense played well in the second half. And I think Connor McBride had a, uh, he had a pick. He had a, I think, did he have, was it a punt return? I or think a punt return. Yeah, yeah. Okay. a punt return okay. is what I heard. A special, another special team score for him two weeks in a row. Kiwani played good week one, got that victory over Riverdale, and then they battled Orion right down to the wire. This was a sneaky good game, too, with uh, Newman having to go on the road and come down to Kiwani. And Will Bruno had another great game as Kiwani quarterback, another multi-touchdown passing day. Kiwani is no joke. They are, a t- they are going to be a tough out this year. Kiwani, I think, can definitely be a playoff team. Kiwani has never beaten Newman in seven uh, meetings. Uh, the last two home losses to uh, Newman were by shutout. Pretty impressive. Um, other games in the Mississippi division. Erie Prophetstown is at Schroeder. That's a Saturday game. A Saturday game because simply there's a referee shortage. So everybody who gets – I'm not going to get on my high horse again, but if you get cranky about referees, 
Take do the it, test. Do it the right way because it's really tough to get referees to come out there. Um, Monmouth-Roseville, 0-2 on the season. Now a tough road test at Hall. Boy, Jeremy Adolfson's team is three points away from being 2-0. and That's a good, good football team. Greg talked about in our Insta Reacts podcast, Instant Reacts podcast, that um, – the, he could easily see that team going six and three, seven and two in the season. I can too. Yeah, and if they lose this, they'll be zero and three against three tremendous teams. I don't see them losing this game. I really don't. Uh, they're going to get back on track here. I think this is a game that does it for them. I I see as I look at their schedule, the next one, two, three, four, five, five games are very winnable. And for then them. they go and, to and then they go to Princeton. And then they're at and they host Princeton, don't they? No, they're at Princeton. At Princeton. So okay. yes, and that's week eight. But yeah, I, I think these next five games are crucial for them. Obviously, they're, they're a team that can make the playoffs and make a good run in the playoffs, and I think that all starts this week with a, a win at Spring Valley Hall. Jack Thompson, four total touchdowns last week, two running, two passing. Monmouth Roosevelt went for the win in overtime, going for two, got turned Didn't away. You know, that's uh, that I uh, very high regard because it's very easy to say, all right, we're in overtime, we'll just kick the extra point and go on. Well, they struggle with extra points. If they could kick extra right. points, they, they probably are still playing Orion right now. Right. I mean, they, <laughs> and they're not still, but, I mean, that game probably goes to overtime because of that. Right. So I think two-point – I mean, it's a gutsy call, but I think it was probably the right call, but especially considering the fact they can't, they're, they're struggling kicking extra points as well. So, And then um, last one, St. Bede is at Princeton. Look for Princeton to bounce back. Uh, St. Bede's struggling a little bit this year. I think Princeton gets healthy quickly against the, uh, the Bruins. Bruins have a young quarterback named Damerall who uh, likes to run the ball, run pat, RPO quarterback. That might be their chance. But uh, Princeton, they played very well uh, until the second half against Newman. Tyler Gibson and Wyatt Davis had big days uh, throwing the ball. Uh, Rondé Worrells also had a touchdown, and that put them up 21-10, the touchdown reception. And then uh, Newman's defense sort of slammed the door in the second half. Uh, shall we head to the Lincoln Trail? I think the one shot. trail that there is, there, let's do there it. There is only one, and it's the Lincoln Trail, and there's some really intriguing matchups as they start um, conference play, and I guess we start with Anawan Weathersfield. It's an improved United team. United played really well week one against Rushville Industry. Stockpile, you can tell me off the top. I can't think what they did last they week. They lost to Hayworth 34-6. 34-6. Yeah. So they're 0-2 in the season, but I think they've showed improvement. Anawan Weathersfield's just been really good, and to beat a Farmington team last year, that had, they were writing a, how long of a... Regular twenty-eight season. game win streak in regular season. In the regular, regular season to snap yeah. that. I mean, we've sung Anawan Weathersfield's praises for the first two weeks of the season. Ain't gonna stop this week. They're a really good football team. And United's never beaten them at home. They're zero and four at United. And I just look for another heavy dose of Quagliano, Quagliano, yeah. and then if he decides to throw the ball, that's great. I mean, this is this this is a really good football team. There are a lot of questions as far as having a new coach coming in. They haven't missed a beat. I think in the second half, he had two of his star receivers who were out with uh, injury. That's why they didn't throw the ball as much, and they had a huge lead. Uh, Farmington came back and made it very close at the end, but Quagliano's leadership and that Anawan Weathersfield defense towards the end uh, put a stop to Farmington's upset and, hopes. And these were both revenge games, if you if you will. They they lost their first both, two last yeah. year to these games to these teams last year. So winning this these two games this year to start off two and zero, a good start for them. Um, elsewhere in the conference, it is. Um, Stark County and Mercer County. If anybody's worried about Mercer County this season, boy, they were really impressive against Elmwood Brimfield last week, um, hammering them, blowing them out. And now they welcome Stark County, who's been struggling this year. I know they lost week one. Help me with week two. They beat Lewistown 27 nothing. John Groder ran. Uh, John Groder had a big day. He 
Threw three touchdowns and ran for a fourth. Okay, so both teams, after struggles in week one, bounce back nicely and kind of get back on track. And this is, like you said, Stockpile, when you're coming in here, this is one of those rivalry games. They, they, these were, for a while, and Anna won Weathersfield as well, but these were the marquee teams in the Lincoln Trail, and they dominated for a while. Anna won Weathersfield to join in on the fun. But everybody's been chasing these guys up until last year in Prince, Princeville winning the conference. Yes. But it's a great rivalry, too. What? Go ahead. Stark and Mercer, Stark County and Mercer County, I think one year met in week nine. And I think they were both undefeated. Or one of them had one loss. That was like five, six years ago. Where they were, I mean, it was the marquee game of the night on both sides of the river. Um, Stark County has struggled as of late. Last year they didn't make the playoffs. Mercer County has won the last three meetings. Uh, they like to make it four. And they very well could. They've got a great quarterback. Seth Speaker ran for two, threw a touchdown pass, and threw for 122 yards. Ryan really, really, Riley um, for them, ran for 130 yards with a touchdown. Mercer County looked very good against Elmwood Broomfield. This That was a big statement win for them and uh, a win that they can definitely build off after getting – uh, getting it handed to them in week one to, at Knoxville. I just I just don't think they were ready, is all that was. But week two, whatever uh, Andrew Hofer and his coaching staff said to them worked. Uh, say it again, coach, whatever you did, say it again, because with you, when you got your rival coming in, you know that place is going to be uh, – George Pratt will be a, a fun place to be on Friday night. Um, a 42-20 to 20 win over a team that's bigger than you. And honestly, probably a lot of people expected to out-physical you and, and – Walk away from George Pratt with a win, and you and you handed it to them. Uh, that, that's a, that's a very impressive win for them, um, especially with the way Elmwood had given it to Mid County the week before after right. being down twenty four eight, outscored them twenty eight nothing in the uh, in the second most of the, for the last three quarters. Mid County and Ridgewood is a fun matchup as well because these two teams. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it just poured last year during this game, and one team won two to nothing. Mid County uh, won two to nothing. I think. I think. I think Greg got the uh, elusive. Only, the only two points. The only two points. The elusive <laughs> the safety, safety to win the game. <laughs> and Ridgewood tried a field goal at the end of the game, and the weather sort of. Yeah, I think, he might have, I think he might have slipped as he kicked. Yeah. Yeah. This was not pretty. So, I mean, and both and Bridgewood's off to a 2-0 start to the season. Hats off to them. Uh, Bruce Redding doing a great job down there. And Mead County is really close to being 2-0 in the season. They won last week, and w- week one of the season, they gave Elmwood Broomfield, I think, everything they wanted. In yeah, they were up 24-8 in that game and uh, gave up the final 28 points in that game. Last week, though, against Peoria Heights, 43-41, triple overtime extravaganza mid county wow um mid counties uh gave up five turnovers peyton wilson of peoria heights threw for six touchdown passes but nathan whitman 214 rushing yards three touchdowns for the cougars in that game a triple overtime extravaganza keep your eye on uh no dying for ridgewood he's the man that that runs that show out there and uh he's he's a Pretty, pretty good fo- football player. Cougars have won the last seven meetings. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. See, that's... That's why we bring him in. Yeah, yeah. that's that's why we give him the big bucks. I'm also <laughs> in the Lincoln Trail, one of the game, Princeville and West Central. I know West Central won via forfeit week one. Week two, they uh, clobbered uh, South Fulton so 47-6. Yeah, so there's 2-0. 2-0 in the season and, and playing really good football. And then you bring in, is Princeville 2-0 as well? No. Uh, yes. Yeah, Principal's 2-0. So a nice 2-0 matchup, and Jason Kirby's got his uh, 
his uh, West Central Heat playing some good football to start the season. The Heat uh, won their game 43-6 to over South Fulton. Max Carnes ran for two touchdowns. Caden Drost ran for two touchdowns for the Heat. Um, and they take on a Princeville team who last week pretty much stopped Anwa, uh, A-Town. They, Lincoln, Lucas Tinkham had the only touchdown pass, but it was uh, a little too little, a little too less for uh, A-Town in that game. Um, so that is a wrap on the Lincoln Trail, a fun week in the Lincoln Trail as well. So um, other games, and I'll kind of pop them through and kind of talk to you. We'll talk a little bit about, is it, help me out, it's not the Northwest uh, Upstate Line anymore. Upstate Line. Upstate Line, thank yes. you. Um, some games in that conference in Stockpile, you can toss some, some gold in here as well. But Galena is at Owensville. That's a Saturday game. Lena Winslow is at You know East. why that's a Saturday game? The shortage of referees? No. Two years ago, Orangeville had, an, had, their, light, had their light standards fall. I remember that. And they haven't they, fixed them? They, couldn't, they, they didn't fix them last year, and I guess they decided if it, you know, if it didn't hurt last year, why not do so it this year? So if it is broke, don't fix yeah. it. If it is broke, don't <laughs> fix it. Instead of it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, Lena Winslow and East Dubuque have a nice matchup that, as well. That's a big matchup right there. Both teams come in 2-0, and, and and we know how good Lee Wynn is. Yeah. And East Dubuque is one of those teams that every other year, every couple years, they have a really good team, and that seems to be this year they're pretty good. So th- this is going to be a fun matchup between uh, Lee Wynn and East Dubuque. Lee Wynn has scored 112 points this season, only given up six. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're as good as advertised. Amboy is at Forreston. Um, Milledgeville has a home game against Freeport Aquin. Um, West Milledgeville's Car- defense. Milledgeville's coach. Um, help me with the Milledgeville coach. He was very happy with his team's defense. They only lost fourteen to six to East. Jason Dubuque. Robel. Jason Robel was very happy with his team's defense. They only lost fourteen six to East Dubuque in a very tight game. Um, and yeah, that that was a de- so they're zero two. Yes, they're yes, zero two. So they need a victory um, in the worst of ways. Um, West Carroll is home against Lanark Pearl City. West Carroll's uh, 2-0 for the first time ever in the co-op. Um, Lena Winslow and East Dubuque, we mentioned that. I apologize. And I mentioned Galena. Yeah, we mentioned that yep, as well. Yeah, we mentioned Galena. So Rock Falls is at Byron, and Lake Forest is at River Ridge. Uh, Rock Falls last week beat Dixon for the first time in six tries. They did uh, – usually with you think of Rock Falls, you think of – they're high-scoring offense. It's a 50-some-odd to 40-some-odd score. They like to spread the field, five wide, air raid, defense, air raid offense, very little defense, sort of like the Big 12 conference. Last week, though, Rock Falls instead went to a wing tee, ran the ball, threw the ball one time, wow. and took it to Dixon 35-13. to 13. Big win for uh, Coach Parker and Rock Falls. Sometimes your best off. Defense is your offense. If you if you can hold it and not let the other team touch it, that's a big deal. We're set for week three of the high school football season on the Illinois side of the river. We hope you are as well. We hope you enjoy the scores so far this season. Make sure you tune in at 10.30 this week as well. A lot of fun with the score talkbacks. we got some great coaches around the Quad Cities. We'll go live, hoping with two winning coaches each and every week. Of course, your score mic'd ups as well. We had Derek shaving his head last week, and we had uh, um, Kevin Bowman quoting Muhammad Ali. That was fantastic. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. So yeah. hopefully you guys enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoy the podcast. If you do, subscribe. Give us feedback. If you think Brian Stocking's annoying, let us know. <laughs> if you think Never. he's a genius, let us know that too. Um, if you think I'm annoying, I, I agree. So um, <laughs> hopefully uh, you guys are set for week three of the high school football season. Enjoy it. And we'll see you guys Friday night, 1030 on The Score.
Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.